is episode number 78 of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. Welcome to High Impact Leaders. I'm your host, Doug Standard of the Leaders Institute, and our goal is to help you build strong teams while growing a successful business. This is part four of our four-part series about the 25 absolute best leadership books ever written. This week, I'm going to end with my last three books in the in the set of 25, uh, which includes two on how to market your ideas better, and then the absolute number one best business book of all time, best leadership book of all time. Uh, then I'll give you a few books at the end that are, uh, they're great books, by the way. I, I love the authors. They're, they're, they're fantastic books, but you just may want to be very careful implementing the ideas that are in the book because impl- implementing them at your office or at your work or in your business, because you may actually get unexpected results if you if you try them. Just as a reminder, I listed all of the books along with the links to their listings on Amazon in the show notes. So if you want to read any of them, you just you can just click the link for that book uh, in the show notes and it'll take you right to Amazon to purchase it if you want to. By the way, as always, if you like the sessions, don't forget to subscribe to the High Impact Leaders podcast and make sure to rate the podcast and leave me a review wherever you download the show. And if you have any questions for me or comments, uh, you can tweet me at Doug Stannert or contact me via my website at leadersinstitute.com. So on this episode, I'm going to finish up our list of the 25 best leadership books. And this week, we're going to talk about the best books for leadership about marketing and written communication, because it really does no good to be a great business leader if nobody knows that your company exists. So there are a couple of the very, very best leadership books related to marketing and business writing uh, that that I'm recommending anyway. Uh, great leaders, they're, they're, they not only speak well, but they also write well. And your, your words will be more compelling to others if you kind of take some of the tips in, in these couple of books that I'm going to mention here. The first one is a book called Permission Marketing. It's by Seth Godin. And, and basically just about anything that you read by Seth Godin is pretty good for, it, I mean, it's pretty good. I mean, it's, it's good, really good. I mean, it's, it's um, he's he's got some fantastic books on marketing and communication skills and that kind of thing. Uh, permission Marketing though, was, um, it, it was, it was actually written back in 1999. <laughs> and back, that was back before, social media even existed. And it was before smartphones. And the book was written when email was still in its infancy. Uh, and and I think Godin might actually be a prophet based on kind of what he talked about, because he saw a, a he saw the way that the communication for business was going to grow. And he saw it 10, 15, 20 years before where we are, where we're at right now. And so, like I said, I think he might actually be a prophet when, when, when it comes down to things. So the premise of the, his book, by the way, is really, really simple. Most marketers, most communicators interrupt the communication process by pushing a view 
on an unwanted recipient. So if you think back in the olden days with um, with, with television and, and radio, um, the, um, the television program would be going on for a few minutes, then it would be interrupted with a commercial. And that's when we would go get a drink or run to the restroom or go, the, go grab a snack out of the, the refrigerator or whatever. Um, that's an interruption marketing. So he suggested that companies give value to potential customers and then help them solve problems, not interruptive. Basically, identifying a problem that the customer is already having and then give them solutions to that so that they actually want to receive the information. Basically, we we allow these prospective customers to give you permission to market to them. And then when they're ready to buy, they'll buy from you because of the relationship that you've built. Um, so when he first wrote the book, the idea was to build an email list to offer value to customers. Now, though, great marketers use the same type of concept, but but do it when they're building social media followers and podta- podcast subscribers and YouTube subscribers. So um, it's it's a, it's got some really good information in there that is even even though it was written in a in a prior time in the digital age. I think it, it's very very effective in today's world as well. So the next one is very similar to permission marketing. It's one that was written for a different time and the content in it is applicable even more so today. It's a book called Triggers by Joe Sugarman. And this is one you may actually have a tough time picking up. And I have no idea why, because I, I bought a paperback copy of this a, a couple of years ago and they were all over and they, you could get them used on Amazon for like three bucks. I think now a used copy is like 50 or 60 bucks. And I'm guessing, that, this is just a guess, but I'm guessing that what has happened is that uh, these, these books are not haven't been printed in a while. And now that they've, because the information that's in there is so valuable in today's world that there's, there's a a real demand for them, but most likely the publisher will kind of realize that and start printing these again um, uh, very soon, because uh, like I said, they are kind of hard to come by, but this, this book, just like Goad's book um, is, is kind of one of those things that that's what old, what's, what was old is now new again. (laughs) The book triggers, was it was originally published in 1999, just like Godin's book. And um, the original purpose for writing the book is totally different than what leaders use the book for today. Um, Joe Sugarman, he made millions of dollars in the last century by creating direct sales, ad copy for like newspapers and commercials on TV. And uh, so, so like infomercials, that's what he's kind of most known for. And for 30 years, he used triggers. That's the word. And the word he uses, it's it, it's in specific ad copy to get people to buy his products. He used the stuff that's in this book to get people to watch a 30-second commercial and pull out their credit card and buy something. So, uh, by the way, families no longer sit around and watch TV in the evening. And so Sugarman decided to catalog his knowledge into this book. And he wrote it to teach people how to write ad copy for commercial and print ads. Um, Little did he know though, that how important that knowledge was gonna be when people two decades later needed help writing blog posts and Facebook ads and podcast titles. Uh, Unfortunately, the book appears to um, be out of print uh, right now. Um, So like I said, these books are kind of going for about 50 bucks a, a, a pop right now. 
but it's well worth the investment. So if, they, if you have to pay that for it, um, it's you'll, you'll get that value out of it and, and then some. So I'm going to finish up the, the list of 25 with what I think is the absolute single best of the best leadership books of all time. Here's my drum roll. That's probably going to sound really bad on the, on the uh, podcast for you. But uh, the, the single best of the best leadership books of all time is the Bible written by God. <laughs> so the absolute best leadership book ever written. Uh, most of the principles from some of the great leadership books that I that I've listed in, in session one and part one of this, like the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, my book, 28 Ways to Influence People, the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, and many, many, many others that are on the list. They can contain principles that were originally published in the Bible, especially, I mean, David and Goliath was, was one that I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, right? Um, so uh, now, just so you know, I'm not a theologian, uh, and but if you are not familiar with the Bible, here's here's kind of a quick overview from my my understanding anyway, is that the Bible is, is really divided into two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. However, that division is a little confusing for a lot of people. Um, because when, when people print the Bible, like men who, who print the Bible, they make this division to kind of show the difference between the Jewish Torah, which um, is the precursor to the Christian Bible, and the New Testament, the Christian Bible. So um, the, the real division, though, actually occurs in the book or the chapter of Acts. So prior to Acts, the entire Bible is primarily a guide for God's people, Israel. And many of the books after Acts are a guide for Christian believers, especially um, the, the books of Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Philemon. Um, so if you want to be a great leader and you want to gain wisdom for daily life in today's world, start by reading those four books in the Bible. Um, and then for context, go back and read the books of John and Acts, um, plus as a bonus, you get eternal life. So, so finally, the book of Proverbs, by the way, is also a fantastic place to gain daily wisdom. Uh, it's it's basically just a leader of, uh, I mean, a, a list of leadership principles or or proverbs. So keep in mind that the entire Bible, I believe, is God breathed and it's valuable for all. So, um, so basically, you want to use my suggestions as just kind of a starting point. But if you want to be a good leader, it's this is it's it's the it that's the book to kind of start with. It's the one that will that will help you. All right. So with all that being said, um, I, I've kind of mentioned for the last few weeks I was going to end with maybe this is a little harsh. I'm going to call them really bad leadership books. Um, and the reason I'm going to say that is because just because something is written in a best-selling author's book doesn't mean that it's going to work in real life. So, um, and, and I, I kind of tell you the reason why I kind of added these into the list is, is after reading just about everything I could get my hands on for a decade or more, I, I kind of hit a wall. I mean, I, I had a series of missteps that caused me to kind of question the value of leadership books. I mean, when I was really, really reading, I'd read, sometimes I'd read two or three books a month. And, um, and, and it was helping me. I mean, I was, I was growing a big business. I mean, by the time I was in my mid thirties, I'd made my first million bucks and I was a, a fairly successful entrepreneur and a published author myself. So, uh, I, so what was happening though, is, is that I was just reading everything. And when I would read it, uh, in the early days, I would, I would just kind of assume that, 
if it was in a great leadership book, then it must be true, right? And then somewhere along the way, I started to try to implement some of that stuff. As my company was growing, I started to try to implement some of that stuff. And and it was interesting because some of it kind of backfired. And so um, today with digital printing, just so you know, people who have never accomplished anything in their lives, who have never led anyone can digitally print a book and become a published author. So just kind of keep that in mind when you're reading things. Sometimes the folks who are actually printing books or writing books, eh, sometimes they're just out to kind of make a book. They're not out to, to help you build uh, build your career, right? So I guess what I'm saying here is that there's a lot of crap out there, right? So my suggestion is that before you buy a book, really research the author, you know, and, and ask yourself, has that author ever done any anything besides write a book? If not, take everything that's in that book with a grain of salt. Um, with that being said, though, even accomplished people can create theories of leadership that might fail mightily. So here are a few books that sounded really, really good until you try to implement the ideas and then you may find significant challenges and think that something is wrong with you where um, in reality, there's nothing wrong with you. The theories in the book were never really, they just never really panned out. So, all right. So these are, these are a couple of my, the, the ones that are on my, on my list. Uh, by the way, if you've read these books and you really like these books and you write like these authors, that's great. I mean, I'm not here to argue with you. I'm just kind of telling you what I found out about these things. So I'm, I'm listing one that's a really, really easy one to kind of to uh, kind of start with. It's a book called Good to Great. It was it's published by Jim Collins. And the reason why this one is a good one to kind of start with is that every 10 years or so, a, a business guru is going to write a book about they're going to analyze the big companies of the day. And, and then he or she will kind of tell you that if you do the things that these companies are doing, you too can be successful just like these companies are. Um, for example, in addition to good to great, there was one in the 80s. Um, this was one just about the time I started my career in the mid 90s or so. Um, it was it was really popular. The authors were were um, were on the speaking circuit and getting paid millions of dollars every year to go speak. It was a book called In Search of Excellence, <laughs> and um, and by the way, the the companies that In Search of Excellence mentioned to uh, to emulate were companies like Kodak and Atari. Well, in the eighties, they were the biggest, baddest companies on the planet. But by 1994, 1995, both of them were almost bankrupt and probably were, right? Uh, in Collins' book, back to the, the Good to Great book, he did the same thing. Um, and and I, I was I was really into it, by the way, because it's really well written. He's got some great ideas and everything. But then um, I, I, as I was kind of reading this book, I, I just like I said, I believed every word until... I lost a bundle of money on Circuit City stock. <laughs> Basically, he was saying, hey, Circuit City, that's the company you want to emulate. And then two years later, they were bankrupt. They were out of business. You can't find them anywhere, right? So um, just kind of keep that in mind that, that just because uh, the a, an author is uh, kind of doing some good research doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to have fantastic advice because if you try to do what Circuit City did, guess what? Eventually, you're going to be bankrupt too. So not necessarily the best thing to kind of implement as far as ideas. 
Um, the next one that's that's another fairly easy one uh, to to um, kind of understand why this one's on my list is a book called First Break All the Rules. It's by a guy named Marcus Buckingham, and it's it's actually published by the Gallup Press Association. So um, uh, basically, what happened was Buckingham analyzed thousands of Gallup polls to determine what makes good leaders and what makes people successful. Um, fortunately, I didn't make the same mistake this time because I knew reading the book that the ideas were kind of flawed. I mean, this is unlike the uh, the Good to Great book, which sounded fantastic. This one, as I'm reading, I'm going, "What? That doesn't even... Uh, oh, what? Huh? You know? Yeah. The, as you're kind of reading it, you'll realize that this one is is kind of goofed up, right? So keep in mind that Buckingham, as far as I know, has never led anything, right? He received all of the data from this book from the same place that gives us the U.S. election polls every four years, you know, the ones that almost never are correct. So the telltale sign for me, though, was when he was explaining the difference between a skill and a talent. And he claims that a skill is something that you can learn and a talent is something that you're born with. And actually, I I don't disagree with him there. It just I don't think he really understands what a skill and what a talent are, though, uh, because he gave two sports examples. He said one was that um, that people who are under six foot tall weren't born with a talent for basketball. They just don't have the talent. Right. And as I'm reading that, I'm going, what? You know, because so no matter how much this is what he said in the book, no matter how much skill they develop, they will never make it in the NBA. They're never going to be one of the great. They may make it, but they're never going to be one of the greats. Right. And I guess Gallup never pulled, you know, five foot nine Isaiah Thomas or five foot six Bud Webb or five foot three Muggsy Bogues, five foot three. He was five foot three and one of the best basketball players of his time. Right. Uh, the next sports analogy that he used was Tiger Woods. And he said Tiger Woods was lucky and that he was born with a talent for playing golf, which made absolutely no sense. I've never seen a talent for playing golf. My draw, my jaw dropped when I when I read that, by the way. Um, you know, like Tiger Wood came out of the womb holding a golf club. No, he wasn't born to play golf. It, I, his his success, I would I would think anyway, was more related to the 3,000 golf balls a day that he was hitting every single day. He was hitting 3,000 golf balls a day when he was on top of his game. The moment he stopped doing that, he was no longer the uh, the, the favorite. He was no longer the, the top golfer in the world. But as long as he was developing that skill, he was he was at the top of his game, right? So the real conclusion that that really hacked me off, by the way, was that one of the things that that Buckingham kind of said in this book was that uh, public speaking was a talent. It was not a skill, which is that is flat out BS. Anybody, by the way, can be a great presenter if they just take the time to develop that skill. No one is born a great speaker, just like nobody is born to be a great golfer. It's basically it's a skill that you develop. And the more you practice, the better you get. Uh, so basically, I would encourage you to stay away from that book. There's 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 more wrong in that book than is right. Now, the rest of these that I'm going to list are, are listed for a specific purpose. But um, there's a good chance that some of you, especially if you're big readers, um, you're going to this is going to really hack you off. You're going to go, man, that Doug, you didn't know what he's talking about. Right. So if you're feeling that way, I'm warning you that you're going to feel that way right now. Um, and I, even the, the the next couple are ones that I, I actually feel bad because I put them and put them on there because I really like the books. I, they're so enjoyable. They're so much fun. They're so cool to read. And the people who wrote them are so awesome. But um, 
I'll, I'll tell you what they are and I'll tell you what, why I put them on there. So, so one is called Extreme Ownership and it's by two guys, two Navy SEALs, Jocko uh, Willink and, and uh, Leif Babin. Or Babin. Um, and, and like I said, I really feel bad about putting this book on my on my bad leadership list because I absolutely love these guys. I mean, they are absolute true American heroes, and they are both, by the way, fantastic leaders. Um, so so don't send me hate mail. I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, I know if you like the book, I agree with you that I like these guys and I like their book and everything, but Many of the ideas in the book, by the way, are, are really solid ideas. But the big problem, though, is that they're using management techniques that they that they recognize while they were leading Navy SEALs. So um, if you think about what a Navy SEAL is, this is a group of the absolute most elite of the most elite military leaders out of out of a thousand applicants to become Navy, a Navy SEAL, only maybe 200 or so, 250 at the most kind of make it. So the training to become a, a Navy SEAL takes over a year and a half. And that's just to start the process, right? So then once a person is selected as a SEAL, they have another year of training before they actually serve in combat. So a lot of the stories and examples that they're using in, in the book are things that, that um, take part after that two two or to two and a half year, at least two year um, inaugural process. So the point is, is that if you can put your new hires, you know, if you're bringing in new people to your company and you can put them through a year and a half of training and then make 80% of them quit during that process, right? So if you can put them through training that is so rigorous and so um, in, involved and in depth that 80% of them quit. And then the 20% that are left are the ones that you end up hiring. Hey, the techniques in that book are going to be phenomenal for you. You're going to be, they're going to be fantastic. You're going to get fantastic results if you do that. But most of us don't have that luxury. You know, most of us, you know, we're, we're not able to hire people and then put them through a year and a half of training and then make most of them quit during that process. So, so uh, don't get me wrong. I, I love the book. The stories are fantastic. It's a great leader. It's got, and it does have great leadership techniques in it. However, you probably don't want to use these techniques as your leadership guide when you're, when you're hiring people or, or when you're trying to train your own, your own folks. Okay, so the next book is another one. This is actually one that I put on the list. Again, I feel bad about this one as well, but um, it's a book called Emotional Intelligence, and it's by Daniel Goldman. Um, and I, the reason why I put this one on, on the list of bad ones, not because it's a bad book or anything. It's not because the stuff that's in it is, isn't true. But I, I mean, I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret, right? Um, don't tell anybody, by the way. This is just between you and me. Emotional intelligence is a made-up phrase that describes people skills. Shh, don't tell anybody, right? So it's just a fancy phrase that somebody came up with that just describes people skills, right? So it, when you read how to win friends and influence people, that's fantastic people skills. When you read the Bible, that's fantastic people skills. When you read 28 Ways to Influence People, fantastic people skills. Um, um, so just kind of keep that in mind. A lot of times folks will kind of create a, a fancy phrase and make that kind of the new catchphrase so that they can sell books. But in reality, it's just kind of regurgitation of stuff that's, that's kind of already out there. So, um, anyway, so take that with a, with a grain of salt. It's a great book, got great information, 
great leadership tips. Um, I'm not telling you not to use the, the, um, the, the things that are in there. Not, it's not like the Gallup book where you don't, you want to um, avoid using the stuff in there at all costs because it's just poorly written. This one's actually a very well-written book. It's very good. It's just, eh, it, to me, it's, it's using deception. So it, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. All right. The last book is actually not a single book, but it's any leadership book written by a politician, right? So if you're looking at a leadership book and it is written by a politician, throw it away. Don't even bother reading it. For the most part, politicians are horrible, horrible, horrible leaders. <laughs> the book that they they write, well, most likely will not help you lead anyone or run your business better. For the most part, these leadership books are really written as a way to just generate large amounts of political cash without violating campaign laws. So just kind of keep that in mind. So if you're if you're looking at any type of politician or somebody that's running for an office and, and they're selling a book, and if you if you like their politics and you want to support them, yeah, go go ahead, um, read, um, read the book or, or purchase the book. But if you're wanting ways to be a better leader, yeah, probably not the best advice, <laughs> probably not the best, best way to kind of grow a business anyway. All right. So those are my 25 top leadership books, as well as a few that I would encourage you to kind of avoid, or at least, you know, read a little bit more cautiously. Um, hopefully that's going to get some great value. If you want the list of all of them, just go to the show notes. There'll be a link in there that will take you to a blog post that has every single one of those books with the synopsis of each one. If you want to kind of recap and see which ones that you want to kind of read on your own. Anyway, so thanks a lot for being a part of High Impact Leaders. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>